The year is 2004. New album slash EPs by Frankenstein's Jukebox alumni. They might be Giants, Mountain Goats, Cake, Tegan and Sarah, P.O.S., Morrissey, Hold Steady, Wolf Mother, and Bright Eyes are released. And really that should go... Uh, they might be Giants, Mountain Goats, They Might Be Giants, Cake, Tegan and Sarah, They Might Be Giants, P.O.S. Morrissey, They Might Be Giants, The Hold Steady, Wolf Mother, They Might Be Giants, and Bright Eyes. Because good grief. <laughs> it's a busy year for TMBG. <laughs> the Montreal Expos announced that they will be moving to Washington, D.C., thus taking the last interesting thing out of Montreal. I'm kidding. The Expos weren't interesting. The Pixar movie The Incredibles was released, causing everyone to speculate where their supersuit was. Now here's a list of long-running things that ended in 2004 that mostly only white people cared about. Friends, Frasier, Ronald Reagan, the Boston Red Sox World Series curse, Ken Jennings's Jeopardy winning streak. <laughs> Can these two friends be there for you? And toss some scrambled songs together to make an incredible song compromise. What is Frankenstein's jukebox? That's the best intro we've ever had. And welcome to Frankenstein's Jukebox. I am James Daniel. You are also here. I am. Hi. Hi. I am excited to talk to you about the year 2004, Daniel. Off air, we were talking about how, oof, there were some honorable monsters to beat the band. Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a phrase that people say all the time. Definitely. For sure in this century, 100%. But before we get into anything, let me ask you, Daniel, how was your 2004? Uh, so we are we are getting into um, some interesting times, uh, by which I mean this was 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. My memory is not good, mm-hmm. and I don't have a lot of journals uh-huh. from from before. 2005 so i have to remember bits and pieces and pick out what was in 2004 against what was in the other early 2000s and school calendars of course screwing regular calendars over just all over absolutely but i'd say overall uh, it was it was a pretty good 2004 all right uh i would have moved in 2004 i would have been a uh sophomore to a junior so yeah i had a uh, I would say pretty good time. Excellent. Excellent. I, um, let's see. Well, I won't. Uh, we'll save that for read you loud and clear. But all in all, I'd say it was a it was a pretty good year. Had a lot of uh, fun things and really helped uh, work a little bit more on discovering who I was as a person. Excellent. Excellent, Daniel. I I love the idea of thinking about sophomore and junior in high school, Daniel discovering themselves. Like, so I was a junior slash senior in college uh, that time. And looking through my live journal, I noticed myself get more mature. 
Oh, nice. It was weird. I mean, like, I saw, I noticed myself get less mature because I went backwards. But, like, I was like, like, a summer really makes a difference when you were, you know, 20, you know, 2021. As, and, you know, think, thinking about you being, like, 15 or something is all the changes. That year. What a, Hey, here's an original thought. What a difference a year makes. What a difference a year makes. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. 2004 was my first full year of dating Kristen. Nice. Uh, we went to Florida for half of spring break. And that was where Kristen discovered that I didn't, uh, one, have a credit card. Two, have much money in the bank. Three, understand that you have to have money to go on vacation because I'd mostly been on family vacations my whole life. So I was used to, you fly, you land, you go and stay at the people who you're visiting's house and that's it. And they pay for dinner and stuff. Ah. So it was a cool first vacation to go on. I can imagine. <laughs> she was like, yikes. Um, And then I did a bunch of school where I was, I was clearly not cut out for watched a lot of movies did a lot of listening to music and stuff yeah but uh actually i could get uh more into that if you wanted to if you wanted me to in a read you loud and clear segment oh yeah telling me you had some ideas you uh 2005 was your first year writing on live journal yes and so you had had some ideas about what to do for read you loud and clear now that that is in the past and the future yes i don't have any of the journals i attempted to write in very sporadically uh when i was younger so mm -hmm. i don't really have any more journal entries but after taking a look through, you know, just kind of going back through my mind, I can think of like a couple of high points from each year that I could recite a journal entry for as if I had written in my journal. Now, Daniel, that's going to take at least uh, 10 to 15 years of improv experience. And uh, if you're a new listener to this show, that is not going to be a problem. That is correct. Daniel. We, yeah. we established that, I believe, uh, last episode of the year, well, the episode before that. And I think that that will be delightful and wonderful. So uh, would you like to go first or second? I will go first because it will be a very short bit that I have, I think. Okay. So let's take a look. Hold on. In the summer of uh, 2004, probably July-ish, Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow just came out. And I am so excited for a new game in this, what I now realize will be a series. Wootness. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll spend most of my summers probably playing through these games and am excited to see what new joys these stealth games will offer. And then let's say like a week after that. Yeah. Boy, that was a disappointing game. It was a weird ending, and I really wish they had not inverted the controls from the first game like that. Uh, that was bizarre. 
probably just going to play through the original Splinter Cell for the rest of the summer. What was the title of the new one? Uh, Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow. It was a a line of Tom Clancy uh, video games. They were uh, stealth-based, and the the original Splinter Cell was the first, like, stealth-based video game I'd ever played, and I fell in love with it. Uh, And we'll talk about that more in, I think, 2002, but Pandora Tomorrow came out, and I was very excited for it, and it did not, it was not great, but the rest of the series made up for it. Wildly, I come to my knowledge of that video game via Tom Clancy, which is, which is cool. Nice. Uh, to get to my video game experiences, my video game anticipations, we're gonna. It's gonna be a a bit. It's gonna be seven years, maybe. Okay. All right. So it'll be it'll be and so I'll be I'll be I'll be playing that I'll be playing that game where I'll be like. Oh, my friend Christian is saving up money. I wish I could save money, but I don't ever get any money. So, all right. I have collected a number of links to my live journal. I'm going to do try and do these as rapid fire as possible because there's a lot. And usually there's only one little gem that I that I noted. I'm going to do these in reverse order because that is how I looked at them and also sort of in spirit with the show. All right. So, uh, October 20th, 2004. Now I'd like to post some lyrics, but I'm going to try to learn how to use LJ Cut in doing so. This is in honor of the Boston Red Sox for taking a 3-0 series and catching up, thus creating thus creating what is known as, quote, an interesting series. And <laughs> little did I know that that was going to be a very interesting series. It's going to be a series. very interesting series. Um, so that was October 20th. October 18th, uh, I took the GREs and did well. I got engaged. Uh, so that was on. Everyone was off for like fall break. So we couldn't tell basically almost anyone until they were back, which was cool. Uh, and it was the second attempt I, I had done to uh, to ask her to marry me because I said, hey, let's go to this scenic overlook. And she said, no, it's too cold or something. And I was like, we could bring a jacket. And she's like, nah, I'm not into it. And I was like, okay. All right. Uh, let's see. September 29th, I started watching the show Lost. Uh, my friend Mark, who has been on a number of podcasts that I've done, I misspelled his name here. So that's cool. Good Feeling weird about that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we watched starting on episode two. I came in with no expectations and they were immediately blown away. Uh, because it was very good, and I watched it, uh, you know, for the, uh, you know, rest of the time to varying degrees of of success. Yes, <laughs> you know, lot just lost stuff. Hashtag just lost stuff. One week before that was September twenty second. Oh, so okay, so today I got the new Green Day album, and what I've listened to is really good. I'm taking it to listen to on my walk to school tomorrow. Parentheses. How collegey does that sound? So first of all, that was American Idiot, which is hilarious that i was like you know just the new the new green day album whatever the new green day album not like what a generation would think of when they heard of green day um the other item of interest i said other here but there's several more items of interest which is funny tonight at Kristen's apartment jacqueline one of her roommates showed us mean girls i know what you're thinking he said not knowing what people were thinking god that looks like such a stupid teeny bopper movie even if i told you that tina fey wrote it you still wouldn't believe me you might. You might. Hey, you might. reader, you might. 
This movie is fucking hilarious. It's the kind of movie that I hope that kids are watching nowadays and taking notes. I was super judgmental about the state of comedy and stuff in Fair. this time. I do have a quick question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was that hilarious or hilarious? H, uh, capital H-I-L hyphen Arius. Okay. Hilarious. hilarious. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line, which remains my favorite line to this day. Karen, you can't just ask someone why they're white, which is uh, one of the most, what? like, didn't see it coming. And so it has stuck with me forever. Uh, so anyways, go check it out. People get hit by buses. Oh, I also, in that, that same day, I posted about going and seeing uh, the movie Saved at the campus movie theater and, and saying it was really good. And then it had the Home Alone kid whose name I can't spell. I did a lot of, I can't spell that, that person's name, so I'm not going to, as opposed to now, which I would be like, let me just let me just look that up. Let me just look it up real quick. Summer 19th, it was cold. It was, I talked about that for a little bit. So I said, I'm either going to go watch more of this and post a picture of Clockwork Orange. Or read some more of this, The Well of Lost Plots by Jasper Ford. Yes, indeed. My favorite series of books. Yeah. And like, knowing that, I'm like, yeah, that makes, that, that, that checks out. That checks out. All right. So September 15th, story time. This is, a, this is a quick story. So I know that it's a sign of addiction when the first thing you do in the morning is update your live journal. But I got to relate what happened last night. So I update my live journal. Sigh. Call the support groups. I turn on Clockwork Orange, watch it for a little bit, and then go to sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night, starving, and that's where the adventure begins. So I go to the kitchen and check if I have milk, and I do. I have enough for a bowl of marshmallow mateys, which were the probably Walmart brand Lucky Charms. So I fill a bowl and pour the milk. There's not enough for it to have any use after this bowl, so I just kill it. Big mistake. I take it back to my room and sit on my bed. I do all of this in the dark and, of course, spill milk all over myself and the bed. So now I'm in a pickle. I have milk all over my sheets, and that's not like water. It won't just go away. So I have to wash my sheet and my mattress pad. But so then I'm without a bed, and so that is how it came to pass that at 2.30 in the morning, I moved my comforter, pillows, and alarm clock out to the couch, a visitor in my own apartment. One god relatable i feel like i've i've done that similarly recently uh so nothing changes uh it's all the same okay so here's a weird thing here's a post about a concert i went to that i don't remember going to oh last night i went to blink 182 taking back sunday and the used yeah that's that's two and 2004 through and through for sure second sentence i got to meet taking back sunday and shake all their hands i was like i did what why did what now? When? With whom? Fred, one of the new guys, uh, is very nice. And Adam, the lead singer, seemed so tiny and fragile. I guess that's what emo does to you, smiley face, smiley emoji. I got all their autographs on a free poster that is now on my wall. And by the time that paragraph ended, I was like, oh, yeah, that poster that had the signatures on it. That'll do I it. I bet that's what I bet that's what. That is. So yeah, then I talked about something cool that Blink did, playing a, a medley of songs that uh, they very rarely played. Again, no memory of this. May 6th. Uh, oh, <laughs> so here's the, I think we found cringy uh, James content. Now, this is, this is, this is, this embarrasses me. I'm going to read it all in full. 
because I am embarrassed by it, and that's what I am about on this podcast. Beautiful. May 6th, 2004, 10.30 p.m. Title is R.I.P. Comedy. Great start. The ending of Friends marks the end of an era. There are those that will roll their eyes and say, you're posting about this? Welcome to the club. But it really does. Sitcoms are slowly being replaced by reality shows. I'll admit it. I watched The Real World and was hooked. But I mean, come on. The, the rest of this, until I say otherwise, is all caps. Think of some funny fictional material and stop seeing, quote, who wants to marry my 13-year-old black female cousin who's in a coma but is secretly multi-million dollar recording artist Sting, end quote, end all caps. Now it's time to study PCAM and OCAM for my last two finals tomorrow. Good night, smiley face. Oh, boy. Yeah. The final thing. All right. I'm going to read this, too. This is um, a pivotal moment in my life, and then, then I'm done. February 16th, 2004, my run-in with the law. So... Sunday nights were movie night in our apartment because the first night of college, well, the night before the first day of college, we watched Airplane in these girls' room. And then we were like, all right, every Sunday is movie night. It's the last hurrah before school starts. Next Absolutely. Week. So this was written at 1258 in the morning on Monday, February 16th. It takes place on February 15th. Well, tonight was an interesting night. I was done with my work remarkably early, so I authorized myself to go over to Kristen's apartment to look at her London scrapbook and work out a budget for me so that I have money for our trip to Florida for spring break. Hey, I bet that we mostly looked at the London scrapbook. Because <laughs> <laughs> the budget did not... Unless she said, yeah, bring 20 bucks is good, then uh, probably not. We didn't do much. So we watched The Simpsons and do all our work, and then it's 8.30, so it's time to go to my apartment to have movie night. Tonight's movie was Cabin Fever. So Kristen, her roommate Stephanie, all right, James, commas don't mean and, that's okay though, pull my car up to the dumpster where I'm throwing away their trash like the nice guy I am, and I notice that my right headlight is out. So I start to drive back to my place, and I'm almost immediately pulled over. The cop gets my license and registration license is spelled wrong and goes back to his car, so the girls are freaking out, and the cop comes back and asks me to step out of the car. I'm sure that he's going to check my sobriety, which, as anyone knows, is always fully intact. All right, James. But he tells me that there's a warrant for my arrest for larceny. Now, I don't believe him, so I say, really? He says, really. And I say, serious? And he says, serious. I don't know that that was actually an exchange that we had, but uh, this is about the time I start to think about this. I've never stolen anything at all. So he cuffs me and puts me in the back of the car and then has me get back up again to pat me down. Now, for those of you who have never been a tall, fat man in the back of a cop car... You should probably... That's wild that I call myself a tall, fat man. That is rare that I would have said that. You should really probably try to understand that exiting a car with negative leg space is a little tough with no use of your arms. So he pats me down, and all this time, the girls are in the car freaking out. So then he asks me if I have ever resided at... I put the address. 418 Broad Street. And of course, I haven't. So he lets me get out of the car, which isn't any easier for an innocent man than it is for a larceny suspect. That's funny. That's that's pretty good, James. That was a, that was a good joke. And because it started, and I was like, woof, and then it ended, and I was like, all right, and begins to take the handcuffs off. But he has a little trouble. Handcuffs are very uncomfortable, and to have them pressing into your wrists as you sit in the back of a cop car, you really want them off as soon as possible. So he gets me out of them, and I get back in my car, and he apologizes for the inconvenience, and that's my story. Thank you. Good night. No space. Smiley face. Current mood: peaceful. 
So a lot of stuff going on in that one. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff. Big year. Yeah. So that was my read you loud and clear. I'm actually excited to get to a point where I don't have to, I don't have a resource where I'm like, this is actually who you were. And I can instead, uh, represent what like 1998 James was up to, mm-hmm. you know, without being like stuff. Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding. Cla- James, 1998 James catchphrase. Ding dong. Classic um, James. Oh man. People thought they called me the doorbell kid. And I was like, Oh, cause of right. So I think it's time for some honorable monsters. What do you think? I do think it's time for some honorable monsters. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's not that they weren't up to snuff. It's just that we didn't pick them. Did we have any fan interactions that we got this time? We did not. Okay. Then that means that it's time for uh, a person that I'm a big fan of to share their honorable monsters, and that's you. Oh, great. Well, I would love to do that great i had a very very hard time whittling this down to five songs yes uh i decided not to use album entire albums as Mm -hmm. their own entries if i was going to include an album i had to pick a song from it same that was my that was mine too yep so just just reading from the in the order I wrote them, Float On by Modest Mouse off of Good mm-hmm. People, uh, Good News for People Who Love Bad News. Great song from a band that I'm very hit or miss on. Yep. This is the last time by Keen off the album Hopes and Fears. Uh, that whole album was very, it, it very much connected with the softy emotional side of a young Dan. Yeah. And a lot of, like, I wish this romance had gone a differently. Mm-hmm. Prevenge by They Might Be Giants off their album The Spine. Yes, okay. The Spine was a a, a huge album, uh, in my opinion, for They Might Be Giants. It really, like, I, I felt a very fresh take. And I'll say this again uh, in 2001 uh, when I'm talking about Mink Carr, because Mink Carr was, like... It, I feel like it was it ushered in a new era for They Might Be Giants, and this one really solidified that in a yeah. great way. They they did a lot of things they hadn't done before, which is honestly TMBG's like whole thing is yeah. doing new stuff. But like, I felt really put together an entire album that was its own standalone unit is a weird way to say that because like of course it is, but like that album felt like its own person. Mm. It had its own personality that I absolutely loved. And I feel like so pretentious for having just said that. I think that that's, I think uh, that's beautiful. I think that that needs to be said more, actually. I think that when you get an album that is like, I don't need, I'm good. This is good. This is a whole thing. I can just keep, you know, repeat. And this has a whole, this is a whole different vibe. Absolutely. Yes. I reject your, your claim of pretentiousness. All right. Well, we'll take it to the fans. Fans. If you think that saying that that album had its own personality is pretentious, let us know. Hit us up on the Twitter. Put me on blast. I believe is what there's is the youth. Are the youth still saying put me on blast? Well, the the social media app blast is uh, is still very popular. Yeah, yes, please sure. put put audio clips of me up on blast because that we know that's what blast is used for. Um, next up is take your mama 
by Scissor Sisters off the album mm. Scissor Sisters. Yep. That song is just like just fun. It's just got a groove that is it, it hard not to dance to. Mm. Last up is going to be Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand off Franz Ferdinand. Uh, one of the best intros of all time. If I An amazing intro. Just a phenomenal song. Top to bottom. Just so, 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 so good. Yeah. That is one that if the, if the song I picked for 2004 wasn't such a like, a, this is a gotta. Yeah. Um, that would have been one that I feel like I might have rejected because it feels very much like something that you would pick. Is that, does that make sense? Like, yes, it would be a very honorable monster, but I'd be like, let's, let's not, I can find other things. Cause again, like 2004 was chock full. So yeah, there was no, no shortage. Uh, so that's going to be my honorable monsters. My good dear friend, James. Yes. Yes. Would you like to share with me your honorable monsters? Absolutely. Okay, my first one is going to be Carbon Leaf. Do you know Carbon Leaf, Daniel? I know a couple of songs by Carbon Leaf. Okay, that they're one that like they're f- from Virginia, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you know them, or is it more of like a? Yeah, no, they toured. They went. They did shows in your college town and other college towns in virginia no okay and so that that almost called indian summer and i would pick the song paloma off it although there uh, are a number of great tunes on that one uh jimmy world futures would be my next one nice that is also chock-a-luck full of great songs i picked the song kill uh because i just set my brain on autoplay and that was the song that came up on, on in my head um uh, okay so Mm. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Take Me Back Sunday, Where You Want to Be, which was their second album. A song I picked was called I Am Fred Astaire, uh, but the whole album is fantastic. Um, nice. And I, let's go with Iron and Wine, uh, Our Endless Ooh. Number of Days. Yeah. The album that I distinctly remember, uh, I was there after the marching band roommates were there because they were off at marching band. but. My friend Andy, who wasn't in marching band, wasn't at the apartment yet. So I had the windows open, nothing to do. I put this on the stereo and uh, fell asleep in the TV room of our apartment, and it was lovely. The song I picked was Sodom, South Georgia. This album also prepared me for appreciating the Iron Wine cover of uh, Such Great Heights on the Garden State soundtrack. Mm. Yeah. Uh, That plus the uh, Postal Service album for reasons that, yeah. and then, okay, so uh, the last one I'm gonna pick, gosh, there sure are a lot. Uh, is a, is a song is a is the third album by the band Midtown, who started off as a pretty stereotypical uh, drive-through records pop punk band for their first two albums, and then this album, I don't know what happened. I don't know if someone left or someone joined or someone got songwriting like duties that they didn't have before. But this album is darker more mature like angrier less pop punky it has elements of pop punk but it's still like way different and uh the album's called forget what you know and the song i picked is the last song it's uh one of those like uh goodbye sky harbor sort of like oh this song is way longer than i thought it would be and it so it has this like main song part then it sort of does a like a like a sort of loopy sort of thing. Then it comes back in and the album title is forget what you know, but there's a part where like everything comes to a halt, all music stops 
And then he comes back and he comes back and he says, fuck what you know. And then they keep going. And I was like, oh, so it's like the it's like the title, but it's the bad word. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, And that song is called So Long As We Keep Our Bodies Numb, We're Safe. Yeah. Because a long title. James loves a long title. And that's the truth. Uh, I have an honorable monster, honorable monster, just real quick. Uh, from first to last, first album, Dear Diary, My Teenage, My Teen Angst Has a Body Count. Um, I only want to mention because uh, it's weird when you hear a reference to something and then see the source material, like Heather's. Mm-hmm. Dear Diary, My Teen My teen Angst Bullshit Has a Body Count is a line from uh, Heather's, which it was wild to be like, oh, all right. Uh, and then also from first to last is famous because the lead singer of From First to Last is a guy named Sonny who would then spend the rest of his career known as Skrillex. So uh, it was one of those things where I didn't make the connection for a long, long time. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, weird that those two things in my pop cultural world are like, I have little like Tinker Toy connectors. But those are, God, there's so many I didn't mention. But those are my honorable monsters. Now let's get into what we actually picked our more than honorable monsters our choices picks, our choice our, cho- our the picks. choicest of choices yes the pickiest of picks daniel what did you pick for 2004 and what was your clue and uh, when i saw it when i saw it daniel <laughs> in blues brothers there's a point where this blue light comes through the stained glass window and they're at this church and like they feel the presence of god and like they decide to do the mission from god and the whole movie goes forward from there that was what it was like only the blue light was on my computer screen it was gorgeous uh to finally solve amazing so i gave the hint and i know i gave it a couple of times so i'm trying to remember the the right phrasing a smoker i can actually tell you yes a, uh, so in the episode you gave the clue a smoker and his army work on audio engineering yes uh in when we recorded the previous episode with the first hint the first time you gave the hint you said hot dog brand smoker and the military work on a live audio file perfect i hate not being able to read my own writing it feels like i'm losing my mind yeah so those were the clues who was it so i picked nathan asher and the infantry and the song turn up the faders fill us in on some context here because i absolutely this is not one that i would heard of as you predicted (laughs) nathan asher and the infantry are a band that got signed to a label but they're from the city that i'm that i live in which i've probably said before uh so why am i being weird about saying it now i don't know they're from raleigh and they like uh, i know a couple of people who went to high school with uh nathan asher and were like friends with him and after a not necessarily a bad breakup but like a breakup from a not great relationship Mm. i had kind of lost touch a little bit with myself uh and with who i was before the relationship i did that kind of Mm. you know partner chameleoning thing uh can pick you up you've landed sort of stuff exactly and my twin sister made me a cd which I've slowly been trying to remember bits and songs from and rebuild a Spotify playlist of. It had such amazing songs in it that helped me to like recapture that part of myself. Excellent. And song particularly was the one that just like knocked me on my ass. It was so good. And 
it's just been one that like any time that I need to just like get into a better mood, right? Uh, sing like one line at the top of my lungs, I will throw this one on and just go. This is my song. I love those songs. Excellent. Oh, I love that. Indeed. What did you pick? I think I read it uh, in a read you loud and clear, probably from 2005 when we lived in the apartment. There was a time when I was going on a road trip and I asked people to tell me what albums I should put in my 12 disc CD changer in my Isuzu Trooper. And one of them was Mad Villainy by Mad Villain. Uh, my clue, by the way, was a threefold. It was uh, if Travis McElroy's famous segment hit differently, Mad Libs as opposed to Sad Libs. Um, Two, Glenn Campbell's Shiniest Boy. We'll get back to that. And then three, Marvel's Meanest Metalhead, who was Dr. Doom. Mad Villain is composed of MF Doom and Mad Lib. And then uh, number two, Glenn Campbell's Shiniest Boy was Rhinestone Cowboy, uh, which is the name of the song. Uh, It is the last track on Mad Villainy. The whole album is good and weird. So my friend Jesse Wells um, recommended it to me, and she has great musical taste. It doesn't generally lean in this direction, which is why it was so like, hey, amazing to be like, you know what? You know, she would normally be like uh, Archers of Loaf, Wilco, Silver Jews sort of recommendation sort of deal. Um, so the, I, uh, this album is great to put on when you're sort of feeling like I want this vibe, but I don't want it to be sort of a big, I don't want to think of like music videos or, or, you know, whatever I want to think of just sort of the craft of it. Uh, he's a great lyricist and that's one of the things that I really, really look for in my hip hop MCs. So, uh, mad villain with rhinestone cowboy, uh, from the album mad villainy, Beautiful. which is why, uh, I, I mentioned that you couldn't. I couldn't give a hint for the album because it, it's the same, but it's not. Anyways. So these two songs, I think maybe, maybe just about as different as we've had on the show. Maybe. Uh, maybe Lizzo and Blink-182. In this decade, for sure, uh, maybe. This, this decade, I would say this, these are the most uh, dichotomous. Well, Daniel, the time has come. The time has come, the walrus said. To talk of many things, of three aspects you've picked, and what each song brings. That was good. So, yes, let's talk about my aspects. So, uh, my first aspect is repeating a line with slight changes in it. Oh. So, there's a line, I'm in the back room drunk, the stars cut chunks out of the darkness, and it's repeated later, kind of it's i'm in the bathroom drunk the months cut chunks out of the summer and it's like amazing cutting chunks bit and i'm in the back room slash bathroom drunk like Adam. that bit is the same it's a little bit different but love i it love day. it so much i love it so much daniel that's a that's a perma aspect for me any song any song that has that i'm into yeah that has the like Hey, remember last time I said night and this time I said not, but it's sort of the same, but it changes the meaning all over it. Yeah. Perma aspect. Love it. <laughs> it. It is quite, I would say, the James, the, the James Stees, if mm-hmm. you will. Indeed. I will. Next up is a gradual addition of instruments because it starts off with just this 
shaker and like a note on a keyboard, I think, and a bass. And as it goes on, they bring in like a different keyboard and uh, the drums come in at the line, bring the beat in, which I love. And they build up to it. And that like they build to this amazing crescendo and it hits at this, um, like the line outside is a storm, which Nathan basically screams with this, like just so much energy behind it. And there's a, like a powerful strum of a power chord on the guitar. And that's the first time the guitar comes in and it's just so well done. I love it so much. And I think it was it. They do it really well here. I love hearing you talk about music, Daniel. <laughs> and I love hearing you talk about music, which is why we did this podcast, and it's great. That's what brought this together. Yeah. And the the last aspect is that the whole thing sounds like it's being performed in a liminal space. Hey. There's an echo to a lot of the instruments and the vocals. There's this kind of ethereal like probably just like a synth sound in the background it just sounds like you're in the like an abandoned airplane terminal or mm. like the the train tracks at like three in the morning like it's just got this such a visceral feel of like n- nothingness isn't the right way to say it but emptiness isn't either i can't find the word but it's just got that feeling yeah of of expansiveness being in a liminal space is like the best way i can phrase it so uh so those are my aspects very good very good aspects hey james yeah yes i would would love to hear your aspects so here are my aspects all right we'll go we'll go right to left because the first one is something i noticed about this song when i was listening to it to see my aspects, but back in, you know, back, back, you know, in to, to, you know, December, 2021 or something. Mm-hmm. So, but the third one is third person braggadocio. So in this song, he refers to himself in the third person, but he's talking about how good he himself is. So third person braggadocio. Love it. I call this three PB. And then later I'll definitely know what that means. Because um, B always stands for braggadocio. I don't know if he always. Yeah. What else would Boron? B stand for? <laughs> no. Basket? Um, nah. Come on. Who are you fooling? Not I. So this is the one that I changed. Okay. And I changed it because I felt like it was too limiting. And now it feels like maybe it isn't too limiting. But this is going to be a challenge that I'm giving myself. So I'm keeping the change. Okay. The original aspect was no chorus which isn't a challenge as anyone who's listened to any of the song promises that I've written. <laughs> Unless I'm specifically making myself do a chorus, uh, I forget. I forget to do them. So uh, don't ignore us. Oh, crap. I forgot the chorus is what uh, I always say. So my aspect is, so this song samples two different songs from this Brazilian singer named Maria Bethania. Uh, but the uh, middle A has the hat on it. Okay. And uh, the song that I could find on Spotify is from an album that came out in 1971. So I'm going to do a thing where that was a certain number of years before the song came out. 
So I mm-hmm. want to sample a song from that same number of years before our song is being written. So that is 1989. I'm going to make a beat. You're going to make a beat. Yeah. I love I'm it. I try my hand at making a beat. Uh, so a beat that samples a song from 1989, preferably non-American uh, okay. is what I... So Beats by James. Beats by Jay. Circa 1989. Now I will try not to sample the Taylor Swift album, but no guarantees. And then, so... <laughs> My, my, my first and final aspect is this. The first verse ends, uh, both verses end with the title of the song. Okay. The first verse ends one word off of rhyming the title of the song. And the second, here, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you what I'm talking about as opposed to the first verse ends like this. Well, since you ask kindly, where's he, where he been behind the mask? Who can't find me? You're blind in the wine zone. Leave your mind blown when he shine with the nine. He's a rhinestone cowboy. And then the, 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 the audience applause and he's like, no, 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 no. And I was, I was like, why? And then I realized it's because he didn't do the rhyme right. So he does another verse and that one ends. Let's see. You heard it on the radio. Tape it. Play it in your stereo. Your crew will go ape shit. Raw lyrics. He smells them like a hunch. The same intuition that tells him spike the punch. Curses. He's truly the worstest. With enough rhymes to spread through the boundless universes. Let the beat blast. She told him wear the mask. He said you bet your sweet ass. It's made of fine chrome alloy. Find him on the grind. He's the rhinestone cowboy. So my aspect is to do that is to miss it by one word on the first verse and to hit it on the second verse. So missing the title. Missing the rhyme of the title by one word in the first verse and hitting it on the word on the second verse. All right. Uh, So those are aspects. Allow me to recap. In terms of lyrics, uh, repeating a line with slight changes. 3PB. Third person braggadocio. Okay, good. All right. And number three, one off, one word off of the title for the first verse and then on the money for the title for the second verse. Music, gradual addition of instruments. And the second aspect is I'm going to make a beat which samples a song from 1989 that is preferably not from America. And then uh, other, uh, it sounds like it's in a liminal space. It sounds like it's being made in a liminal space. Perfect. I love this. I'm very excited. I'm very, I'm very excited. I like when we're like, yeah, but what if we uh, handcuffed ourselves to a safe and then tried to sprint? What about that? <laughs> Let's see about that. We can, we've been running like nobody's business all our lives. Yeah. What if we made it tough? Yeah. And then, uh, all right, we'll have a running on sand that's on fire. Yeah. I like when we make it really hard for ourselves. And I think we've done that here. Uh, I think that uh, we definitely have our work cut out for us. Agreed. There's just a couple of things that jump to mind initially. Yes. Okay. One, I think we should figure out the title. Yes. As part of this. Yes. And two, I think two of our aspects go very, 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 very well together. I agree. In liminal space and... Oh, what? No. mm, Repeating a line with slight changes and missing the rhyme of the title by one word and hitting it on the second. Oh, yeah. That one... I was very happy that that was the thing that you were saying. That was that is great. I'm very excited because those two basically are th- very similar to each other. Yeah, they will go hand in hand with with uh, helping each other accomplish the other one for sure. Yes, for sure. 
So, hmm. Hmm. Uh, hmm. So what are some songs from 1989? Hmm. Why do they always sample Janet Jackson? I don't understand it. We're not going to sample Janet Jackson. <laughs> see much. Oh, my goodness. There's some great ones. So I'm sure we both went to the uh, Hot 100 singles of 1989. Yes. To start off, uh, which has such great things like You Got It, The Right Stuff by New Kids on the Block. Love Shack by the B-52s. We've got uh, She Drives Me Crazy by Fine Young Cannibals. Absolutely. Blame It on the Rain. We get, I could get someone else to make the beat for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a million dollar idea. Um, so it, it also has my uh, number one favorite and probably my number two favorite Paul Abdul songs. Yeah. Cold Hearted being my number one. Uh, I refuse to accept that it's called Cold Hearted and not Cold Hearted Snake. Uh, and then uh, Straight Up, which is um, number two for me, probably Opposites Attract would be number three, but I think that was from... Yeah, I, I do think that was a, an early 90s jam. What was MC Scat Cat's discography? Um... Now, Funky Cole Medina was recorded in 1988, so don't right. know if we can count that one. I think that I think we absolutely cannot. 100% no. What I Am by Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. I like that song. I love that song. That's a great song. I'm not seeing anything that jumps out at me from this list. Yeah. So we could go to the uh, the Hot 100 number one singles of 89, which is weekly. We could. We could also just look past, and I know this, this might be a struggle, but we can look past just the Hot 100. We can look past Billboard's shit and like look at, look at other things. Listen... Billboard wasn't in the business of just making up, uh, oh no, wait, yeah, no, they were. Yeah. They 100% were. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? What are you, what are you doing? Pixies had Here, Come, uh, Here Comes Your Man that came out in 89. That's a fantastic song. I think All of Doolittle came out in 1989. Yeah. Uh, Love Song by The Cure also. Very good. I wouldn't say that's a particularly sampleable song. No, no, I agree. I mean, if one, if one, of the songs that we've mentioned has jumped out at you, which one would you say it was? I don't know. Um, kind of like the idea of uh, of that of Paul Abdul. I kind of like the idea of Pixies. I think I'm mm. I'm I'm in one of those two places. Okay. As many people often find themselves uh, yes. split between Pixies and I'm a little bit Pixies. I'm a little bit Paul Abdul, as the song goes. I'm a little bit Pixies. I'm a little bit B52s. Yeah, yeah, sure. The Paul Abdul of, of of Athens, Georgia. Yes. Morrissey released Ouija Board, Ouija Board, which we shouldn't sample. No, I've never heard of that. No one has. I think I should pull something from uh, Doolittle. Okay. All right. I am on board with that. I think that's a solid call. What an album. Right? What a weird album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both, both, are, both can be true. Yeah. And usually are. It's funny, I see Dead and I I hear the They Might Be Giants song. Yes. I do like that there's, I mean, there's just some, let's just run through the track names uh, yeah. from the Pixies' Doolittle album. We've got Debaser, Tame, Wave of Mutilation, I Bleed, Here Comes Your Man, Dead, Monkey Gone to Heaven, Mr. Greaves, Crackety Jones, La La Love You, Number 13, Baby, which is the 11th song on the album, There Goes My Gun, Hey, Silver and Gouge Away. So my favorite songs on this album are uh, Wave of Mutilation and La La Love. 
Mine are uh, a wave of mutilation, and here comes your man. Good one. I mean, to me, that says we should absolutely do wave of mutilation. Wave of mutilation. All right. Let's see if there are any good lyrics for this song. It's not the most complex song, lyrically speaking. It's not. It does have... I think I recall that the breakdown of at the end is pretty sounds pretty cool yes and maybe that maybe we don't necessarily need to get a lyric from it but instead just pull a something from that breakdown okay all right i'm on board all right so that takes us back to what are we going to call this song stave of mutilation no glaive hmm with a crustacean i i envy what was i listening to where i was like Dang, this is just such a good, simple lyric that works so well. What was I listening to the other day? And no, you know, I bet it was. I bet it was. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, White Man and Hammersmith play and uh, Stay Free are just so simple, like lyrically, like this. You know, I've kissed mermaids, rode the El Nino, walked the sand with the crustaceans. He's like, and then I'm gonna rhyme it with wave of mutilation. Just watch, here it comes. You, I don't know why. Hammersmith jumped out to me as much as it did when you said it just now, but what if we just called the song Hammersmith? Hammersmith? Yeah. I like that because both Hammer and Smith have good rhymes. Yes. All right. Hammersmith. Now, okay, stylistically, one word or two. In the in the song, it's the name of the place is one word. Yes. I would think one. The Hammersmiths are my least favorite uh combination hip hop uh British jangly pop uh, band, the, the Hammersmith, the MC, MC Hammersmith. <laughs> please, 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 please don't touch this. <laughs> That's the name of the episode right there. We found it. Please, please, please don't touch this. So good. Uh, so good. Uh, all right. I mean, we haven't really talked about the genre of this song. No. What instruments are you planning on, on gradually additioning? Well, that's a a solid question. I mean, I think we're going to have bass, keys, drums, and guitar for sure. I can bring in other, you know, some other either horns or sounds from the synth okay. to, to make it sound different. But I know at the very least, bass, keys, drums, guitar. Okay. So I would think, I mean, just kind of, if we're, but if we're going to have a beat sampled from another song. Well, I think I'm, well, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Okay. I think that it would be, I would be okay if we, I would be okay with it, even though it's like me saying to my wife, I would be okay if you made dinner tonight. I wouldn't find it like you trivializing efforts if there were still other drums on it okay i don't know what it's gonna sound like necessarily that's fine so that doesn't it doesn't limit us too much i think i think we might do you know soul coughing no um okay (laughs) it's such a unique band that like uh it's sort of like if uh they might be giants and primus had a dj and they were one band interesting like weird there's a, a hip-hop element to it, but it's also kind of, I don't know, it's it's sm- smart in a way that you're like, I don't think I 
super understand what's happening here, which is how I sometimes do with They Might Be Giants, where I'm like, I know I like this. So, yeah, Mike, uh, Soul Coughing, they opened for Bare Naked Ladies one time, and it was good. It's like, the if Link, if you like Linkin Park, but sometimes you want to listen to Bare Naked Ladies, but you still want to sort of sound like Linkin Park. Okay. Like I mean, the, I'm in. <laughs> I think Say less, as the youth say. Which I'm always like, you damn kids. Oh, I see. You're saying that I've said enough. Got it. It's so funny. Say no more doesn't sound like that to me. But say less. I'm like, all right, whippersnapper. Even though they mean the same thing. Just real quick, a recommendation based on almost nothing. The songs Circles and Super Bon Bon are songs that I recommend. Ruby Vroom and El Oso are the albums that I that I have heard. Okay. Uh, Noted. So I think that sort of like a hip-hop influenced sort of... Straightforwardy rusted root. Go ahead. We're gonna do a rusted roots. Okay. We're gonna <laughs> no, do. No. Ru- I'm gonna need to get a lot of pot. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say a lot more instruments. <laughs> I mean, also that. <laughs> yeah, back them in here, Charlie. Yeah. How many? Good. Fifteen different bongos. Great. Okay. Good. <laughs> so that kind of like. It has instruments that you would find on like a college radio station sort of deal. Okay. But with uh, maybe like a, a sampled beat and uh, more rhymey lyrics than you might uh, expect. Okay. I love it. Let's do that. All right. So that, I don't know what, I mean, so Bare Naked Ladies Maroon. Done. That's it. We did. Yes. Actually, no, that's actually, that's actually pretty accurate. That's, that's, that's what I'm hearing in my head is. Yeah. Anyways, cool. Cool. Well, that is that for that. But now it's time for the other thing. It is. And uh, before we get into our hints, I wanted to say we are having a guest next time. And we should just say, let's just let's tease. Let's tease it up. Go for it. Uh, We're going to have Tracy uh, from who I personally know from the uh, the podcast, The Broadswords, and also seeing her and interacting with them at PodCon. But, you know, one is more uh, universal than the other. Yes. Um, <laughs> were you me at PodCon? And so she is, also, in addition to being, you know, a, a fairly well-renowned podcaster, she also plays drums uh, in a band. And uh, so she is going to be coming uh, to talk to us about a song that she has picked from 2003. Uh, And she sent us uh, the following hint. The song begins with a letter. Hmm. So, so that's, that's that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Something to work with. Something to work with. I like it. Yeah. So, Daniel, what is your hint for 2003? Mine is either going to be very easy or very difficult so let's has the hint started already what was that i have not started already no (laughs) here we go this whole episode has been a hint this whole episode has been a hint go back and find the first word of every sentence i've said unless it begins with a vowel then find the first word with a consonant and then take the second vowel from that word no uh (laughs) that would be that would be bonkers cheryl crow yeah. So mine is if Nick Cave picked a different place. Picked a different place. Yep. Okay. If Nick Cave picked a different place. Yes. 
Interesting. All right. I'm excited. When this is the part I like this is the part I love about our show. This this where we are right now, where yes. it's like, who knows what it could be? Except I know half of what it, well, a third now of what it could be. Mm-hmm. Um all right. If Nick Cave picked a different place. Yes. All right. Um mine my hint is this. <laughs> all right. If you're going to oppose this guy, you better shift from five to one. If you're going to oppose this guy, you'd better shift from five to one. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That may be a super duper easy one. It might be, but it also might not. Uh, awesome. I'm excited to dig into that one. I'm excited to to dig into both both clues that we have to sort of uh, mull over. I'm excited to uh, forget which one I'm working on and uh, intermingle my progress yes. so that it makes no no progress. That's perfect. A, that's what it. I'm looking forward to. So I think that's going to do it for this episode of Frankenstein's Jukebox. We are part of the Scavengers Network, which can be found on Twitter at ScavengersNet. Uh, you can find our show on Twitter at Frank's Jukebox. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Unabashed James. Daniel, where can you be found? I can be found on Twitter at Dantendo64. Uh, I would like to encourage you to do two things. Two calls to action. Two. One, go leave us a comment on the podcast thing of your choice where you can rate stuff for podcasts go rate us there that'd be cool yeah and then if you're feeling extra saucy you could go over to the patreon for the scavengers network at patreon.com slash the scavengers network and for two dollars a month or more you can become a patron of the scavengers network and get access to all sorts of bonus content uh including outtakes from episodes bonus episodes whole shows that only exist on the patreon uh videos text stuff um, all sorts of excellent stuff that Daniel and I both have made and appear on. Yes, like, indeed. Or or are heard on. You know, sense sense words or sense verbs are weird. Um, so that is patreon.com slash the scavengers network. That is going to do it for us for this year. But do not fret, gentle listener, because we will see you last year.